Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gaim Cash Weekly Feel Good Podcast. For this week, we talk about Pokemon cards, what HBO Max is doing for 2021, how my Thanksgiving went, and a whole bunch of other stuff. That's right, this week, a week late, uh, unfortunately. For that, I apologize. Most of this stuff was recorded in time. I just didn't get my act together um, in order to actually produce the episode. So I apologize for that, and I apologize for being a week late, but we do have a wonderful episode of stuff to talk about. Um, I talk about Anime Annex a bit more. I talk a lot about Pokemon cards and my my thoughts and musings on all of that stuff. Talk about uh, what Warner Brothers is doing with HBO Max. We talk about Thanksgiving. We talk about uh, the audiobooks. I do a bit of a, a diatribe on the audiobooks, stuff that I've been thinking about for a while. Uh, so we get into that later on, and hopefully you all enjoy it. Um, but before we get into the podcast itself, if you like the Going Cast or want to support the Going Cast, please feel free to go to patreon.com forward slash goingupcast, where you become a $5 patron, get access to the Pokemon Nuzlocks, uh, and the monthly live streams and all that Jimmy Jam action. I'm probably going to put a couple of other fun things up there, uh, in, especially in the in the coming year. Um, I'm going to attempt to make that a bit more robust and add a couple more fun things over there. Um, and what you'll find out here at the end of the podcast is we are going to be wrapping up Inheritance here pretty soon. Um, and I'm very excited to uh, be putting that series to bed. I'm going to miss the hell out of it um, in the end, which isn't something I thought I was going to do. Like, definitely some bittersweet feelings at the end of that book. Um, despite all the crap I gave it. So, yeah, and you can hear more about that in the final episodes of Inheritance. I talked a lot about it in those closing episodes. Um, but uh, in case you're not aware, we will be starting Twilight uh, pretty soon, uh, immediately after Inheritance is done. The first couple of chapters of Twilight will start going up. And uh, that is a fucking... It's probably my finest audiobook I've ever done, if I'm perfectly honest with you guys. Twilight is going to be fucking... Unreal. So get excited for that. Let us get into this episode of the podcast. So last week we talked about the new Animaniac show on Hulu. And while I still maintain it's good, I have now finished the entire first season. And I wanted to do a bit of a quick follow-up. Um, one, I feel like they missed a step by cutting... Basically, every other short out of Animaniacs besides Pinky and the Brain and the Animaniacs. That was it. That was It was it would go Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, and then another Animaniacs short. That was the structure of almost every episode. There was only one episode that didn't have Pinky and the Brain, and then the whole thing was just Animaniacs. Animaniacs never really got stale for me because they would, like be irreverent they'd be satirical they would um travel through time uh and while pinky the brain also did all of those things i guess the humor for pinky and the brain wore off the the novelty of it wore off for me pretty quickly um to the point where i started skipping the pinky and the brain shorts um because they were never really all that funny um there was a bit where it seemed like they were setting up like kind of a cool plot thing um, but then, of course, they, it just got dropped like everything else. There's very little continuity in shows like this, which is kind of the whole point. Uh, the barrier to entry for, for a cartoon like Animaniacs is basically you could watch any fucking episode and you would know what the hell's happening um, without context of, like, previous episodes. So I get that. And I understand that some of the original skits might be a little dated. Like, 
not a lot of people are gonna recognize like good feathers as being a good fellas reference um some will like me i i remember and i would recognize it and i would appreciate that but not everybody does but that doesn't mean like all of those skits were were dated you know they even have an episode where they joked about it where like chicken boo had um air quotes like kidnap and killed off the the rest of the animaniacs cast and at the end of that episode you see them all like alive and well at least in the canon of the show and i know like maybe some of the original voice actors don't do the thing anymore or have died i haven't checked them all to be perfectly honest with you but i mean you could recast people a lot of the original people are still around and still doing th stuff so you could absolutely like bring them back i'm just confused um, and I, I wonder what the, the reasoning was, um, that you reboot the show and you ignore and discount like, like 80% of the skits, the majority of the skits are just gone out of the show. Some of my all time favorite jokes came from Animaniacs with like good idea, bad idea. That shit was just funny. And they did it. They had like a couple of those like really micro shorts mixed in at the end you know sometimes when animaniacs being the brand and then just some random bullcrap and the random bullcrap was really fun and different and it, it added like this this element the funniest short in the whole fucking show is things that go bump in the night that's clever and original and i loved it more shit like that please so if you're not gonna bring back like chicken boo or slappy the squirrel who i fucking love because you just get to say the phrase slappy the squirrel um or good feathers or uh, that shit with the girl and the dog or fucking freakazoid if you're not gonna bring that stuff back that's I guess that's fine but replace it with something else pinky and the brain got old really quickly and I just couldn't really get with it you know um it just yeah I don't know it just it, it wore me down and I skipped it that's that's all you can really say for it so I really feel like the show would have benefited from the variety that the original show had. Absolutely, 110%. Just it, it would have would have kept it interesting. Would have been different. Maybe it was a budget thing. Maybe it was I don't know what it was, but they they just decided to go in a different direction. Um, and there were there were a couple of things that I felt like were were missed opportunities here and there, or they they you know, it's a good show. It's it's good. I don't think it's as good as the original show, um, but I could just be nostalgic. Maybe I haven't seen the original show in a really long time. And one of the best things about Animaniacs is it's pop culture satirical references. And going back and watching the original Animaniacs where they're making fun of like Perry Como and, you know, all of these nowadays, um, like not archaic, but they're referencing, you know, 80s and 90s culture that, um, that's a long time ago now you know back when animaniacs was coming out they were referencing things that are getting close to being 30 years old so i'm not sure how well it holds up nowadays i know it's probably still very funny um because like i was alive in the 90s and i could probably still appreciate a lot of those jokes especially perry como being a snoozy singer because perry como is absolutely a snoozy, snoozy singer you just get bored listening to him um but yeah it was good it's not the best thing i've seen um it's probably the best thing i've seen on hulu in a long time so you can put put that in your cap um yeah it was a it was, it was pretty it was pretty good and i i will watch season two and i'm kind of sad that i applied through season one so quickly but 
fucking please mix it up. Put, I mean, you brought Otto Von Scratch and Sniff back for the last episode. Like, it's almost like you're intentionally ignoring, like, the classic characters. And I'm like, it's not a fucking live action show. You don't have to put a wig on Shatner. You just draw these motherfuckers and put them in the fucking show. Why would you cut characters? I don't understand it. Some of them I get. You know, like if they're sexist or politically incorrect or racist or whatever. I get that. It's 100%. But fucking not all of them are. So bring them back. Bring back the rest of the Animaniacs cast. Put my foot down on this. It's silly, but I I want them. I want them back. Bring them back. Give me give me give me Slappy the Squirrel. And I mentioned it before. Good idea, bad idea. Had some of the funniest fucking shorts. Like I remember the like the first time I really ever laughed super hard, like as a person. It was good idea, bad idea. And it was good idea, and it was like um throwing a surprise party for your dad, and it was just a short and be like, surprise! And bad idea. Throwing a surprise party for your granddad. And they shout surprise and the granddad has a heart attack on the doorstep and he falls over backwards. Fucking killed me as a kid. I thought that was the funniest fucking thing. I still do. That's a funny fucking joke. Put that back in the show. So, anyway. I'm just, I'm just salty now. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Okay, so... A while ago, and when I say a while, I mean like last week, I dropped a video on um, on my old old YouTube channel, which is called Morgan Core, um, which I don't really talk about on this podcast because I like I try to keep those aspects of my life separate, kind of as much as possible, um, and that's a topic for another day. But I dropped a video about um, fucking Pokemon cards, and. I, I've always known about myself that I can become easily latched on to things. Um, especially if there's mystery involved. I'm a sucker for mystery. I'm a sucker for packaging as well. If you show me two bottles of water and it's the exact same contents, but they're two different... I'm probably going to go with the one that looks better because it's more interesting to me. It's the same shit, but this one's cooler looking. So I go with the cooler looking one, even if it's a little bit more. Probably go with the cooler looking one. And I love the mystery of things. You go to like any fucking rink-a-dink mom and pop souvenir shop in like some small town. And they're like, buy this mystery bag for five dollars. I'm buying that mystery bag. Who knows what's in it? It could be anything. It's not going to be worth $5, but it could be anything. And that's what I love about it. So when I open Pokemon cards, all of the fun of the Pokemon card opening process comes from not knowing what's going to be in the pack. It's going to be Pokemon cards. I know that going in, but like which Pokemon... Are you going to get like a cool fancy foil? You know, it's the mystery. It's a, it's a similar feeling I get when I build like a Lego set. The fun of the Lego set for me is the construction. But then once it's all said and done, I just have this big pile of plastic in my house and I don't know what to do with it. And the same goes for the Pokemon cards. Once all the packs are open, I just have like a fucking foot tall stack of cardboard 
that you can't recycle because it's made out of some weird cardstock shit. So you can either try and sell it, which I haven't attempted to sell any of the cards that I've, I have. Um, I'm still pricing. Um, so that's still an in-process thing. Um, so, you know, as of right now, there's no money being made on this. Uh, it's just the, the joy of opening the cards. And this is something I've known about myself for a while. To the point where, like, as of recording this, tomorrow I'm going back to my local card shop. And um, I'm getting more. Um, just because I, I want to open more. And I also had this idea of giving them as, like, stocking stuffers. So I'm, I'm doing that as well. Um, but it's also gotten to the point where, like... I think the best I think the best way to scratch this itch is watching people on YouTube open these card packs. Because, you know, of course I would love to get my hands on some like old school unopened shit. But a box of unopened like fucking base set, the first set can go for over $100,000 a box. That's absurd. You could buy a house with that. Maybe not a nice house, but it's a house. And I can guarantee you that that would be a better investment than buying a box full of Pokemon cards. If you thought that was otherwise, then no, probably, I don't know. So, you know, they can get very expensive. Just like this as a hobby can get really expensive because you're just kind of pissing money away. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, I noticed this when I bought all my Christmas presents for the season, where it's like, it's so much easier to buy Christmas presents when it's for other people in my head. It's easier to justify spending a lot of money on somebody else than it is to justify it for myself. Um, which is weird because I buy dumb crap for myself all the time. But it's like, you know, the PlayStation 5, even now, if they were in stock, I would still have a hard time swallowing that $500 price tag on something that's just for me. But knowing that when I do get a PlayStation 5, my old PlayStation 4 will be going to my brother makes it a bit easier because it's like I rationalize it in a different way because I'm also not only am I getting a, a dumb thing from me, but I'm now freeing up another dumb thing I own so that somebody I care about is going to have a lot of fun with this cool thing, you know, so it like it balances out. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm probably going to I, 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 I'm, I'm going to call it and say this is probably the last time. I will get Pokemon cards um, for like the sake of a video or something like that. Because A, I don't have infinite money and I cannot, nor do I really want to, buy just a ton of Pokemon cards. Part of me is kind of like, but you could collect them and you could have binders and stuff. And But I just know they're just going to sit on my goddamn you know shelf in my closet forever. Um, maybe once I find, like, a good rhythm of offloading them, then, it, like, if I can get the, if I can complete the cycle a couple of times and, like, establish it as, like, a thing that's possible, then it'd become more reasonable. But if I'm just, like, pouring money into this thing and it's not returning anything, then it's harder to justify it. Um, so, like, maybe once I sell, like, m the most of my stuff, then it can be like, okay, well, I've offed most of this stuff. Now I can use that money that I just got from selling some stuff to buy more stuff. Then then it's kind of recursive and I get the fun of it with when I kind of like net zero balances out um, in my head. But 
Yeah, it, um, this is a very long-winded roundabout explanation to kind of cover a different topic that has always been on my mind, um, especially when I talk to uh, people who, who don't, uh, who didn't grow up with like YouTube. Um, and I would say I grew up with YouTube. I've been, I've been watching and making YouTube videos for the better part of a decade now. Um, I started making YouTube videos fuck, freshman year of college. So that was 2012. So I've been making YouTube videos on and off for about eight years. And I've been watching YouTube videos for about 10 to 11 years, depending on where, where you started off. For me, like the first series I ever remember watching was the Yogg's cast playing Minecraft. And they started doing that with their survival series with Lewis and Simon in like late 2010. So like way long ago, that was roughly like the first, like my, my start of watching like YouTube really was, was the Yogg's cast in 2010. And I've been watching YouTube videos almost every day since then. It's, it's just kind of part of my routine. You find a couple of channels that you enjoy. You find people you enjoy and you watch their stuff. And I usually do it for, for comedy, I think is, is the, like the number one reason I watch YouTube videos. People will be like, why are you watching somebody play this game? Well, sometimes it's a game I don't have access to. Like if it's an Xbox exclusive or something like that, or a Sega Saturn game or whatever the fuck, or they're playing it in an interesting way. Like it's a Pokemon Nuzlocke run. Um, then I'll watch it for that because the video is allowing me to live vicariously through an individual whom I, whose personality I enjoy in order to consume something that I'm personally not capable of experiencing. Like I'm about to watch somebody open a first edition booster box of like Team Rocket. It's a cranky gameplays. Um, I'm never going to have that opportunity to open that box of booster cards. Like it's never going to happen. When I go to the card store tomorrow, I, I know what I'm going to be looking for, like Hidden Fates um, or uh, volt, like Vital vo Voltage or whatever the fuck it's called. I know roughly what I'm looking for, but it's not going to be this um, exact experience. So that's one of the big things why I like watching YouTube videos. So comedy is, is one, of the, one of the big things. Living vicariously through a content creator to experience something that I'm not capable of experiencing and them being funny. Are like are like the two big reasons I watch YouTube videos. Then there's like news where it'll be like a Disney centric channel I'll watch, and they'll be like, "Here's what rides are open, and here's some tasty food items and whatever," and you can watch stuff like that. Um, but it's just kind of it's an interesting phenomenon, I guess. Um, it's almost like you're creating and cultivating your personalized television, where you can watch. Like, whatever you want, whenever you want it, provided that somebody's made it, if that makes sense. Um, and I know I've had a lot of conversations, especially when I made YouTube videos. It's hard to rationalize being like, you're just playing a video game. Why would somebody watch you instead of playing the game? Well, maybe they can't play the game. Or maybe they enjoy me as a person. And they, they appreciate my personality, my perspective. And they find comfort or humor or insightful com whatever the fuck um whatever that causes them to enjoy watching the video that's just you know why why do you watch 24-hour news or fucking sports center or a documentary about sharks because it interests you or it contains information you deem valuable you know um it's the, it's the same logic
really. Um, or you're watching people just to kind of do fun stuff. It's, you know, it's all, it's all valid. It's, it's all perfectly valid. Um, and in, you know, another thing that you could argue is like me watching people crack Pokemon cards. It's cheaper. <laughs> um, it's kind of like when I see a really cool piece of art and I go, that's amazing. I would love to see that on my wall. The print is like $900. Well, not, you know, as much as I love supporting the artist, I will just go onto Google and find a high resolution picture of that art and use it as a desktop background for a while. That was free, you know? I got just as much enjoyment out of that, but this was free. So I I can live vicariously through the Pokemon card openings and be like, that's a cool card. I get the mystery, the taste of the mystery, without having all those fucking cards. That being said, I'm still going to go and buy some cards. Um, because I want to do it one last time. One last time. Now that you know what you're doing, you can do it one last time. And we'll teach them how to say goodbye. How to say goodbye. So, that's the plan at least. Um, because like last time I didn't like put the three to the front and read the energy. I didn't do it right. There's a, there's a particular, there's a very particular way of how to crack packs. And I did not do it right. So... That's haunting me. Um, so I want to do it right. I want to do it legit. I want to do it with the suspense. I want to arrange the pack so it's proper. And now that I know kind of what sets are good um, in terms of like value cards, I want to go and target those specific additions and see if I can't get a hold of um, of some good quality stuff. So this is, I don't know this is just kind of a rant, um, but I've been, I've had a lot of really strange days lately, so I wanted to do a bit of a rant. Um, but let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Big news announced a couple of days ago, because that's usually how this works. Uh, Warner Brothers to release all of their movies coming out next year simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max. So we've been seeing companies do like hints of this approach, uh, most notably with, with Disney charging $30 for Mulan on Disney Plus, which at the time of recording this is now available for free on Disney Plus. So if you had even the slightest inkling to watch that movie, you now can. Um, but what's what Warner Brothers is doing here, since uh, Warner Brothers owns HBO Max, or Time Warner owns both of these companies, is that on these movies coming to HBO Max at the exact same time they drop out in theaters will only be available in HBO Max for a month. And then, of course, they'll have their, their air quotes, normal lifespan in movie theaters. And with the way the future is currently looking, I know there's like vaccines and stuff on the horizon for the uh, for the COVID um, adventure we're all currently sharing. But uh, those are still a fair ways off. So I'm not sure how many people are going to be going to the theaters, quite frankly. I'm not really sure how many people are going to the theaters right now. And just to give you guys... Uh, you know, a quick look. I mean, um, Wonder Woman 1984 uh, was already announced uh, coming out on Christmas this year. There's that new Tom and Jerry movie coming out in March of next year, which looks like absolute dog shit. I'm amazed at how bad that movie looks. Godzilla vs. King Kong. Uh, there's a new Conjuring movie. The second uh, Space Jam movie. The Suicide Squad movie. Dune. Matrix 4. Sherlock Holmes 3. Uh, and apparently they're making a Mortal Kombat movie, um, which I was not aware of. But there's a lot of really big movies, especially Dune. People are stoked for Dune coming out uh, pretty soon. And if you have an HBO Max subscription, 
you'll be able to see all of these movies coming out of theaters like on HBO Max whenever you want. And that is, in my opinion, incredible. Because while HBO Max is one of the more expensive streaming services you can actually subscribe to, if you think about how much a movie ticket was, at least in my neck of the woods, a movie ticket, like if it wasn't like a morning matinee, was like $16 a person. So paying that a month to be able to watch like Godzilla vs. King Kong, you see that shit twice and you did it. Like it's, it is, it's a, it's an, it's an amazing move. And, um, it does ask the question, how does this work? Like, I, it's very obvious to me how you make money once I've already subscribed to your thing. But do you make more money because of how much I'm watching things? I don't understand. Especially since they made it. I don't, I don't get how this is a money spinner. But they wouldn't be doing it if it didn't make people money. But I don't see how... They make money except for like getting new people to subscribe to their service. I don't understand the finances behind this, but it's great for the consumer. So what the fuck do I care how these businesses keep afloat? As long as they keep doing dope shit like this, I'm not going to care. So good job, HBO Max, for doing that. Um, I am honest to God, I probably use HBO Max the least because um, while it does have lots of great stuff on there, um, I just, I just don't, I don't, just don't watch most of it because not, not, not a lot of it makes me happy to be perfectly honest. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of darker material, um, overall over there on HBO max. Like even Netflix has like kinder things to watch in my opinion. Um, but naturally I spend the most amount of time on Disney plus because find me a happier streaming service and, um, I will call you a liar because that's just. How I feel on the subject. But yes, there you go. There's some fun HBO Max news. Let's move on to the next thing of the podcast. So this one's this one's a bit of a, a another rant. Um I'm just kind of on a bit of a soapbox today. Um but every now and then I will have conversations about the audiobooks with with people. And um you know, someone will be like, oh, you should read this book. Um, or what are you going to do after uh, Inheritance? Um, and I've mentioned a few times, but I plan on doing Twilight next. Um, the Twilight series, which is not a series I've ever read. And it's a series I've traditionally lamb blasted just for existing um, without having read it, which is, a, you know, that's a, that's a kettle of fish that should also be examined. I, I personally don't think that... Um, I should talk bad about something unless I've personally experienced it. Like, I can be like, oh, I don't like Justin Bieber's music. I've never really heard Justin Bieber's music. Who the fuck knows? You know, maybe he's got some bangers in there. And I'd sit there and be like, oh, you know what? This is a good song, you know? Most of the time, things aren't popular for no reason. You know, usually there's some appeal there. Um... Whether or not, you know, you like it or not, that's your business. But sometimes there's there's something there. So I'm reading Twilight and, you know, full disclosure, I'm, I'm a good way into the first book. And I haven't had this much fun reading a book since Harry Potter. Um, it's It's been an absolute blast. I'm ripping it to shreds. It's just so much fucking fun. And I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear it. 
and it just juxtaposes so nicely with Inheritance, the the fourth and final Aragon book, which at this moment in time, as of recording, I'm about 200 pages away from finishing that book, um, which is which might may sound like a lot, but I'm like that. I could finish this in a day if I really pushed for it. Um, I could be done with this book in a day, and it's it's interesting how two books of very similar demographic. I mean, I guess it's not interesting that books are different, and how they strike me can be different. Obviously, that is true. Books will be more interesting in different situations to different people to to whatever end but it just kind of brings up this this conversation of what kind of product i want the audiobooks to be i want them to be fun for me to make is i think is the most important because if i don't have fun reading the book i find it very difficult to believe that people would have fun listening to it because if i'm not having fun reading the book then it's I, the fallback, if I can't make jokes or I'm not having a good time, the fallback is to just read the fucking book. And at that point, you could just listen to the official audiobook, which will have, like, better pacing and consistent characters and whatever, you know, that the pros do. You can just listen to that. Um, because I'm not providing anything extra to the audiobook experience, except for my bad acting and me flubbing lines every now and then. But if I'm not having fun reading the book, then there's, like, no value to it. So... It, it comes into question of like, well, if, if in order for me to have fun, this is what I thought with, um, with Harry Potter, right? I knew Harry Potter inside out and backwards. And because of my incredible depth of knowledge on Harry Potter from reading the books multiple times, from seeing the movies multiple times, from being to the parks, from just like looking at Wikipedia pages, I just know a lot about Harry Potter. And that knowledge very much influenced the audiobooks and allowed me to go on weird tangents about inconsistencies in the plot or uh, be able to kind of set things up as a joke of what's happening later on down the road because I know where the story is going. Um, and that's something I'm sure I will be able to accomplish with things like Lord of the Rings whenever I get around to there. I know that story really well. So once I get into the book itself, I'll be able to talk about, oh, it's interesting how this deviates or who the fuck is this character? We never saw them in the movies, or I don't remember them from reading the book. You know, those sorts of things. Why is Tom Bombadil so dope? Um, and there are a lot of books out there that I want to read or have read in this style. Because one of the things I've always wanted to do, and something that I have forever said, is like, I would love to get other people involved in this this audiobook style because everybody has a favorite book a book you've read a billion times that you know inside out and backwards you can you can tell me all the characters you could tell me the plot you know what those characters sound like in your head and i think that insight is something that's really difficult to generate like now you know like, if I read Twilight and then read it again, then I'd be I would have that kind of knowledge, but then you would lose out on either like the the passion of it, because then I'm just doing it to like kind of gain that knowledge and I don't feel like it'd be as, as honest. 
Um, and there was a lot of humor to be said from a first time reaction to a brand new book. If you go in completely blind to a book, then that's that's pretty good too. And the, the, the worst is like when you've read it before, but you didn't really like it or you didn't remember a whole lot about it, which meant the book wasn't very memorable. I'm looking at you, Inheritance. Um, and then you don't have a lot of fun reading it again because it's not a very good book. You know, then there's that. Um, and I've, I've talked to a couple of my friends in the past about them reading their favorite book. You know, like if you did an audiobook f for a book, what book would that be? You know, being like, I've, I've offered it to like, you know, all of them being like, if you ever read, you know, an entire book on tape, I will fucking put it up on the site. And, you know, give you credit and tell people I'll do the whole thing. Because I just I would just love for there to be content up there for things that I would, like, normally never touch. Like Dune. Or the Dark Tower series. Um, or whatever. I mean, there are billions of books. From all walks of life. Just all sorts of different things. And Lord knows I'm only ever going to read, like, a fairly niche group of them. Um, and I'm rapidly running out of ideas for where to go next. Thankfully, I mean, you know... Reading a book takes a while, so it's not like I have to come up with a new idea tomorrow, but, you know, it's hard to figure out what's what to read and, like, what's a good fit. Um, like, there's my all-time favorite trilogy, which I haven't read as an audiobook yet, and that's The Great Tree of Avalon by T.A. Barron, um, which, in my point of view, is a fairly obscure book series to read, um, so I'm not sure if that would be, like, popular or whatever, but looping into my YouTube conversation from earlier, if you ever create things for the internet, the best thing to keep in mind is that you want to make something that you are passionate about, that you enjoy making, and under no circumstances should you view creating something for the internet as a method for making money or generating income. Because A, that's like saying you're going to be a rock star or a movie star or whatever, okay? If your career path relies on you being famous or popular in any way, it's not going to work out. One in a million. Like, it might, you might make it big and that'd be amazing. But if you start making YouTube videos tomorrow... And you, you know, you start playing your Fortnites and your Minecrafts and you're like, I'm going to be the next PewDiePie. What you're going to do is you're going to kill yourself working your, your ass off for piddly amounts of views because it's always a slow start. And you, you, you like if your, your mindset and your psyche will shatter because you're going to be holding yourself to the standard that is going to take a long time to achieve if it ever happens. I made YouTube videos for the better part of eight years and it never happened. And you, I can, I can go on a massive soapbox about things I would have done differently and why it didn't happen and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I really feel like if you go into making something for the internet with the passion behind it, just as a hobby, this is just what you do for fun. Then it doesn't matter if you ever make it big or not because you're having fun doing it. And that's what matters. You're just having fun do making a thing, you know? And that's what the Twilight audiobook is for me. I'm just having so much fun making that that I don't really care if it's, you know, popular or whatever. You know, I'm never going to be internet famous. I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. This is just what I do for fun. Um, 
I forgot what my original topic was for this. Uh, so there were nuggets of wisdom in there. I'm, I'm just in a weird mood and I just wanted to talk. Um, so yeah, there you go. There's my, there's my weird soapbox. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. I know every Tommy Drunk History was this funny. I feel like this show is carbon created just for me. Because they modeled, or I modeled, they came first. Um, I'm not drunk, I'm drinking. There's a difference. Um, but it's really good. Um, and what little I know about history, at least so far, this vaguely seems mostly accurate. So you gotta appreciate that. And it's just fun to see how some of my my favorite celebs um, handle their their liquor or lack thereof. And I think the show has a really really good sense of humor about things. the The recreations that are lip synced to the drunken retellings from the celebrities, the cuts back and forth between the person telling the story and the recreations, the the level of casting they get for the recreations like so many big names to the point where I'm sitting there being like hey it's that person like every fucking new character and it's awesome and it's such a bummer that the show's over because I'm just now discovering and getting into it and it's on Hulu and it's really good and I really want to recommend it so if you haven't seen it it's really good like it just is I mean, it's for everybody. It's just funny, and it's int- and you learn a little something because it's history, but it's drunk, so it's it's the best, and it's it's like this fucking what's his name Dave Waters David Waters, David Waters, um, no, no, you're not who I'm looking for. Who the fuck am I looking for? It's something something Waters, drunk, Derek Waters. Derek, you. You, Derek. Oh, it's a funnier die skit. Of course it is. Derek Waters, you and you and me, man. You and me, we get it. We fucking, we're on the same page. Drunk people are funny. We get it. It's understood. Understood. So yeah, I ran for fucking six seasons. That's really good. That's really good. Look at all these Emmys. Won three. They won an Art Directors Guild Award. Um, it won a Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Costumes in a Variety Program or Special. And it won the American Society for Cinematographers Award for Outstanding Achievement in Cinematography in a house half-hour episodic series. Cool. And it got nominated for a fuck ton more. Um, that's awesome. It's really funny. I highly recommend it. Check it out. These people are smart. They know things about history that even I didn't know. And I like my histories. Speaking of watching things uh, that I am super, like, far behind on the fucking bill on, uh, I started watching Drunk History, and that's just a, that's just a pleasant time. Um, it reminds me of how I do my audiobooks, where drunk people are just funny. Um, but the, the level of, like, talent they get for their recreations is, uh, is astounding. If you don't know what the show is, because you're like me and you're just behind on the times, um, it is uh, a bunch of comedians retelling stories about various parts of history um, trashed off their ass. 
And then what they'll do is they'll recreate the the story that is being told uh, with like people who like lip sync what the drunken comedian is saying, and it is it is very funny. And um, I I don't know how accurate or educational it is, but they're fun stories um, to to listen to. And I particularly love anything that deals with like early American history. Um, I, I find to be to be fun, you know. And I say, I mean, like the forming of the country, early American history. So like you know, late 1700s, early 1800s. Um, those stories are are always fun, and it's just it's just a nice kind of mindless show to have on in the background while I'm like working on you know podcasts and videos and all that stuff. Um, so that is a that's kind of where I'm at with that. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just a fun show, and I'd recommend it. Uh, next thing, podcast. So follow up real quick to um to my Pokemon rant from before. Um, so that rant was delivered um like early on in the day, and then throughout that same day, I watched like. A bunch of fucking videos like Aaron Shufflemaster Hansen cracking packs, Leonhart, this guy named Leonhart, who seems nice enough. I don't know, you know, his videos were entertaining. Um, and just all these things about that. I watched one person open like a first edition Team Rocket box, just all this Pokemon shit, all of it. And I was doing my research and I was doing all these things and being like, you know what? I'm gonna do this shit one more time. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy fucking packs to crack, and I'm gonna crack them. And surprise, I did that. I've got more videos coming out on the way of me doing exactly this. I'm probably gonna edit all of it down into a single really big video because the whole point of this is that it's kind of a last hurrah. And after going through what I went through, I'm really confident about that because I had I had like seven stores I was gonna hit. I was really excited the night before. It was like fucking Christmas Eve and I was three years old again. I'm like, I'm going to go out and get all these cards from all these places and I'm going to come home and I'm going to crack them and I'm going to have all these things and it's going to be so much fun. I went to like seven different stores and fucking two of them had things that I was moderately interested in everywhere else was sold out. And it wasn't until I was well after my my adventure that my, my buddy pointed out that it was Black Friday weekend, and chances are most of the good shit that I was looking for was purchased, like, the day before I went out on my adventure. And I was, it was disheartening in a big way. I ended up getting, what did I get? I got two booster boxes. I got Darkness Ablaze and Unbroken Bonds from Sun and Moon. I got those. And um, when I came home, I even went online and I ordered a box of um, a Vivid Voltage. Which is actually what I was looking for and what I wanted this whole time. That being said, I had a lot of fun cracking the packs. I did. And now I've got all these cards just kind of hanging around. And I was like, well, I kind of want to sell them. And then I started looking down that route like at Troll and Toad and eBay. And I'm like, I do not have the time nor the energy nor the inclination really to individually post and ship like all of these fucking cards to people. It sounds like such a hassle. It sounds like such a hassle. So I'm just going to keep them. This is the plan. For right now, at least. You know, who knows what the fucking future holds. 
So, oh yeah, I got like some binders and some more sleeves. Um, and basically what I've done is I've sorted all of my existing cards in order of set and by number. So I'm like, I have, you know, this many cards out of jungle or whatever. And I guess the, the theory would then be to like slowly kind of fill in the gaps. Um, some things like base set, I'm probably just not even going to bother. Because in order for me to fill in the gaps of base set, I'd need like thousands of dollars. Because, you know, I got to get those, those fucking Blastoids and Charizards and shit. And who's got the money for that? And I'm like, am I going to get the secret rares or just the normal shit? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. And so I'm just going to wait for that Vivid Voltage box to drop. And then I'll crack it and be done for a really long time. And I'm just going to put all this shit back in the closet and forget about it. Um, and it's been it's been interesting. It, it's been a, a fucking... Roller coaster of highs and lows on this one, um, and I've I'm drinking, not drunk yet, um, but you know, it was it was. I think I'll I'll really nail it when I get that vivid voltage box. Cause when I was cracking unbroken bonds and darkness ablaze, all I was doing, all I was doing, was looking for those value cards. I couldn't appreciate the beauty of the cards I was cracking. Like, I'm looking at them now. Looking at cards I don't even recognize because I opened them so quickly I just blew right past it. And I'm like, there's some really cool looking cards in here. And they didn't get the time of day to get appreciated. I just looked at them and went, you're not a Charizard, you're worthless to me. And they're not. They're pretty cards. They've got cool art. And they do, they do have cool art. And they are pretty cards. Are they just pieces of cardboard? Absolutely. Are they just gonna sit in my closet and gather dust and be there forever? Probably, yeah. Um, will I sell my one $800 Ho-Oh card? The only card in my set that has any actual legitimate value? Probably. I think that's probably the only one I will try to sell because to me, $800 is probably what my entire collection is worth and I feel like I could get that really easily with just this one card. It looks real good. Maybe I'll get it PSA graded. Who knows? I doubt it. That's even more money. So, yeah, it was it was a weird day, gang. Um, and this is a weird episode of the podcast. I'm tempted to just kind of keep going because I'm a little trashed. And um, let's be honest, it's it's like after Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving was good. Um, I, I, you know, my family, we risked it. Um, everybody, you know, we temperature checked, uh, you know, did all the, all the smart things we were supposed to. Everybody feels fine, you know, several days afterwards, but it was, it was really fun. We watched the, uh, we watched like the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade, which is such shit. Like I, I love the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. Shut up. It's nostalgic as hell for me. We watched that shit growing up all the goddamn time. Every year. Every year we watched the Thanksgiving Macy's Parade. And in recent years, it's just become a goddamn fucking proverbial clown car of who the fuck are these people? Every float. It'd be like, and we've got the the cast of Houston 914. And I'm like, I don't know. Is that a show? What are they even talking about? Hi, I'm Al Roker. And I'm like, oh, you fuck. You fuck. And it was cast NBC, and then they'll point at a balloon, 
and be like, this is a balloon of a cartoon character on a YouTube show that's gotten over a billion views on YouTube kids. Did you ever hear of this? No? Okay. It's fine. What, you don't watch YouTube kids? No, I don't. The fuck is this? Where's Snoopy? Oh, there's Snoopy. And yeah, it's just... Oh, someone's calling me. Who's calling me? Oh, God. Hold on. Sorry about that. And in case you're wondering, yes, my ringtone is Genesis by Ghost. Um, it's an instrumental song from like 2008 off of like Opus Extremius or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, I, I like it because it's instrumental and it builds really nicely. Um, and it sounds like a ringtone in the beginning. I have absolutely no idea what I was talking about. What was I talking about? I talked about Pokemon cards for a little bit. And then we moved into Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, Macy's Parade. So yeah, it's just... Shut up, phone. God damn. I'm like trying to... Really trying to do this proper... Okay. Hold on. Um... Uh... There we go. Um... Yeah, so... The parade. It was just a fucking cornucopia of people I just never heard of. But it was still fun to watch. And then we watched, um... Like, the wonderful world of Disney's magical celebration. Chris holiday celebration or something like that on ABC. And um, that was better because that had like live hosting um, done by the, the Hoff siblings, uh, Julian, Julianne and Derek Ha, whatever the fuck their names are. Um, and I love them. I think they're awesome. And instead of them doing like live singing performances this year, it's just kind of like a greatest hits of years gone by. And I thought that was, that was really well done. And then I hung out with some friends over the weekend and we played some Mario party and just hung out and that was really fun. And, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time away from work, and um, it was just it was just really good, and uh, I I very much enjoyed it. I would love to keep blathering about crap, um, and you know, talking your ears off, but I got I got D and D in like ten minutes, and I'm probably not gonna have time to record anything else for the podcast afterwards. Um, uh, it was it's just kind of was one of those times when I, I was out doing a lot of, lot of, a lot of life and um, didn't have time to do a lot of podcast stuff. So yeah. And the D and D tonight is, um, curse of Strahd. We're doing the, the micro, uh, early adventure called death house, which is fucking Scooby-Doo and monster house mixed together with like some, some evil cultist shit. I don't really know. Um, I'm a little plastered, so it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting game. I bet. Um, where I can almost guarantee I will be more inebriated than everybody else in the party. And um, we'll see how that goes. Thank you all very much for listening to this very strange episode of the Going Up cast. Um, hopefully next week's will be a bit more put together uh, and not just a drunken rambling. Uh, shout out to you by a madman. Everybody stay safe. I hope nobody got COVID um, from Thanksgiving. I, I don't think I did. So that's all well and good. And um, I will... Uh, I'll chat with you all next week. Oh, we're also super almost done with Inheritance. I'm like less than 100 pages away. It's very exciting. Have a good one, everybody. (laughs) Man. And lastly, this week, I want to talk about my experience with Curse of Strahd and running a D&D game out of a pre-existing module mostly um, outside of, I think, maybe a one-shot I did. All of the D&D games I've ever run have been things I've come up with off the top of my head. 
and pulled out of my ass. Uh, and while I will have, like, prepped brand in terms of, like, developing the city and coming up with NPCs and locations and stuff like that, that'd be the extent of it, really. Because um, I figured if I knew what the story was and I knew where the location was and I knew what the people were all about, then I could just fill in the blanks with improvisation. Um, and that works well for me in the past. But running it through a module, there's a lot of page flipping um, just to ensure, like, okay, they've gone into this room. And you go to the map and you're like, it's room 18 or whatever. And you have to go back to what it says about room 18 so you can describe the room and know what's inside the room. So that way when they start looking around for things, you can be like, yes, you find something or no, you don't. Um, and I think that's that so far that's like been the biggest struggle. Um, but also getting an idea of like what the characters are all about. I feel like I, I lose a lot when it's like, here's the person's name. Here are like five things they know. And then it's like, that's all you have to go off of. And I know they can't fucking flesh out the whole thing for you, but... For me, I learn about the character from making the character. So I'm like, oh, here's an old man who's a blacksmith, and maybe he's missing a couple of fingers because he's not a very good blacksmith. So then you know the stuff in his shop isn't isn't you know very good, and he works alone, and he works alone because he's not a very good blacksmith, and it's like his family abandoned him, and you can kind of fill out the the background from there um, by thinking about different things, and you're thinking about different elements, and you gotta ask yourselves like uh maybe he's not a very good blacksmith and the reason he lost fingers is because his eyesight's really poor so maybe he has like really thick coke bottle glasses and stuff like that and it's the subtleties and the details that makes somebody like memorable and then gives them a personality and you lose that uh a bit on the on the um the pre-constructed modules uh but while i am enjoying uh going through the adventure i i feel like um i prefer homebrewing I think is the uh, is the is the big takeaway I have for this right now. I think they're both great, and not really having to think about the finer details and just having fun with my players, because uh, I feel like we're going through this adventure together rather than them versus me. If that makes sense, because it's like we're going through the uh, the whole thing for the first time. I'm going through this adventure, and so when we encounter something, then it's exciting for me as well, because like I didn't see it coming. So it almost feels like the book is the DM, and I'm just the one kind of I'm the storyteller. And we're just going through this adventure at the same time. And I think that's a lot of fun as well. So it's a whole different element uh, that I'm experiencing. But yeah, it's been it's been a blast. Um, and speaking of blasts, this episode of the podcast, whilst being a week late, was, uh, was a lot of fun to make. And um, I hope you enjoyed listening to my various rants and uh, discussions about different things. Um, a lot of these things have been sitting heavy on my mind. And so it's nice to be able to, to talk about them and uh, get that all out in the open. I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you're all living the dream. I hope everything's hunky-dory and copacetic um, as we get closer and closer to everybody's favorite time of year, the holidays. Or at least my favorite time of year. Fucking December is the best, and I am such a big fan of it. Uh, I will see you all next week for another episode of the Going Up cast. Um, hold on. Actually, let me uh, give you a stat here. I believe... Um, let's see. Where are we at? I know I'm dragging out the, end, the exit here. Uh, we are going to finish, uh, Inheritance in, like, the next week. Um, it might even finish this week. I'm too late to do the actual math, but it's gonna wrap up here pretty soon. And, uh, we'll start the new thing pretty much immediately after that. Thank you all very much for listening, and I'll talk to you all next time. Have a good one, everyone.